Hey, what up, y'all? It's your girl, Vivica Fox. And welcome to my podcast, Hustling with Vivica A. Fox. Woo, y'all. I got a chocolate treat for y'all today. Yes, my guest is an actor, singer, and producer. I'm telling y'all, he is a triple threat. You might know him for his roles in The Temptations, Cool Runnings, and Above the Rim. His music has made the Billboard charts multiple times. And he's so cool <laughs> that this brother only goes by one name. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Huston with Vivica A. Fox, Leon. Hey, Leon. Hey, Vivica. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. So let's just start off. That first of all, you know, Leon, I've been knowing you for years, and I just learned your last name today. <laughs> well, you know why you know why that is, right? Why? Tell me. Because you ain't never sent me a check. Oh, okay, <laughs> right. He's like, right, I didn't have to fill out a W-9, but in the I just made. So let's let's inform our audience um that you know you you are known as Leon. You know, I mean you're just all that in a bag of chips. But your real name is Leon Robinson. And where are you from, brother? Brother from New York City. Born and raised. No way. New York City? Yes. I didn't know that. Yeah, definitely. It's born uh actually born in a uh, Mount Sinai Hospital in New York. And then I was what? raised in raising uh, money earning Mount Vernon in the Bronx. Okay. But now you and I, we we we've and, and we'll just let everybody know how far back we go. We did uh, a film directed by Bill Duke. Uh, Mm -hmm. We did a film cover together. And so we've worked together in the past, but I've always been a huge fan and known you for years. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I didn't know that you were from New York. Yeah, no, that's where I I currently reside and where I'm from. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Okay. New York through. Now, did acting fall into your lap on the East Coast or the West Coast? Um, wow, that's, that's very, that's interesting. Um, definitely on the West coast. Okay. That's because, um, the first time I was ever on the stage was in seventh grade. And, um, I, <laughs> I saw my sister's class do a rock and roll revival. She was a senior in high school. Okay. And I, went this, I went to this Catholic school. We just do this corny ass, um, variety <laughs> show every year. So I asked the nuns, I said, can I do a rock and roll revival? So I choreographed all the numbers. I played Chubby Check, my other good-looking friend played Elvis Presley. The girls played the Andrew Sisters, and it was sold out. We had to do it three more times. But really? I went to all, yeah, but I went to all boys prep academy, so there was no there was no drama department. So I just excelled in athletics and became like an all-everything basketball player and just got lots of scholarship offers. But I only for some reason only wanted to go to California. So only took offers from schools in California, and I wound up going out there to school. Wow. Because Leon, you know, this is the one thing that I want to let the ladies know about Leon. Leon's tall, which an actress like myself always appreciates because so many times we work with actors and they like five, eight. Leon, <laughs> I'm sorry, they are. And they be like, you can't wear no heels. Oh, but he get old. You're going to put some uh, stacks on him. But I got to be down here in these kit, kit, kitten heels. So I'm going to let you ladies know that when you find out that your co-star is Leon, Leon, tell them how tall you are. I'm 6'3", and you can wear your heels on and off the set with me. Thank you. Oh, yes. 
yes, Father, yes. Six three. Now that hike, you like you said, you you wanted to do like theater and this that, and the third, but athletics, of course, because of your height, came into mm-hmm. play. So right. you played basketball. What high school? How did how did athletics fall into your life, brother? Well, I played basketball. I mean, I played basketball mm-hmm. and football when I was a kid, but. Um, I was a really good basketball player. So when I went to these camps and stuff, when I was recruited to go to high school, he said, you, we don't want you to play football. I mean, you're going to be one of the stars of the team. You got it. So I just concentrated on basketball and um, I did well. I was like the second leading scorer in New York City and, and just, you know, got a bunch of scholarship offers. And then, you know, I went to Loyola Marymount University in, in L.A. And that's when acting jumped off. OK, so let's talk about that. So you're on the East Coast doing your thing, doing athletics, and then you get a scholarship to go to Loyola Marymount University. I mm-hmm. mean, talk about going from the East Coast to the West Coast. I mean, that's about as extreme as you could get, Leon. Oh, yes, without a doubt. I mean, seeing palm trees and everything, I'm like, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. But, you know, it's what I it's what I expected because I'd, I'd, I'd watch the movies, you know, with them beach movies. I'm like, okay, I can get with this. <laughs> so were you happy when you were offered the scholarship to Loyola? Well, I, I was offered a lot of scholarships. I just oh, chose really? Oh, excuse me. Let's go on and break out the receipts because I just want to let y'all know. Besides having that well, well, that's just, but, but that's just but, No, I'm just, I'm just letting you know, like, that's just the way it is when you're recruited. Like, you get recruited okay. by a bunch of schools. And so then you have a choice of the schools that offer you scholarships. And for some reason, I, was, I chose between Long Beach State and Loyola. And because um, for some reason, I wanted to be in Southern California, although I'd never been before, which is very really? strange. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, my inspiration was Michael Jackson and Diana Ross. Like when I was a mm. senior and kind of like floating on mm. where I wanted to go, I saw them in concert and I had never seen African-American performers so so fantastic. So what inspired you, did you think, for the California move? Wow. You know, I, I gotta be really honest with you. You know, Come on. when I when I was um when I was living in, in Mount Vernon, I used to go to the Wakefield Theater in the Bronx. <gasps> and I used to sneak in to Elvis Presley movies. And no. I used to look at Elvis Presley and I was like this. All right, now he sings, he dances, he kisses the cutest girl in the movie. Like <laughs> I think I, I think I, I think I can do that. I think I can do that. You know, and I, and I had seen any brothers do it. I'm like, I can do that. <laughs> wow, Leah. You know what? Now that it's like I know you and you tell me that, it's like now it that like connects those dots. Hey, all you true crime fans. This is Mike Ferguson. And this is Mike Morph. And we'd like to invite you to listen to our podcast, Criminology. Launched in 2017, we've covered a variety of strange cases from murders to missing persons. Some of the cases are ones you may not have heard of. Other cases we cover are some of the most historic in true crime. There are 200 episodes of Criminology available to binge on right now. And new episodes come out every Saturday night. Subscribe to Criminology today, wherever you listen to your podcast. Let me tell you something. I have been on movie sets and going to go run lines with my with my co-stars. And guess what movie they're watching? Uh, the Five Heartbeats. You better believe it. I mean, no, the Five Heartbeats. I I can't believe you know the Five Heartbeats is just an amazing situation. I think the I think AOL did a poll of the top twenty five African American movies, and it was uh-huh. number one. Right. And I, I'm like, and it, uh, ahead of the color purple, and I'm like, here's a movie that didn't make hardly any money. But yet, really? it resonated with 
people, our people, like you would not believe. I find that so surprising that you say that that the five heartbeats didn't make any money. No, it didn't open up well at the box office because there was a couple things going on with it. What happened is that. Okay, tell us. Well, Robert was fighting with the studios over a trip. Oh, there four we go. Weeks before, four weeks there before, we four weeks before the movie, there was still no trailer. So he <gasps> just let them do what they want. And all they did, they put us in there singing with, you know, a hair process and everything. So people looking at it's like, well, what's this? Right. <laughs> you know, okay. and it was and, and and it was attached, the trailer was attached to New Jack City. So they're looking oh. at hard ass New Jack City and they're looking at us dancing. And Robert's saying, no, you gotta show conflict. You gotta show big red hanging my man out the window. Right. You gotta show like that's you know, that's what we want. The original Shield Night. Right. And so what happened too is that 20th Century Fox, okay, te- first off, the movie tested higher than Home Alone. Mm. So they mm. were excited. They had us on private jets back then, going wow. to different cities. We would Esquire magazine, peep everywhere you can imagine. But what happened is Robert said, listen, that's all cool, but you need to put us on buses and on street corner signs, you know, like the way right. Spike does it. And 20th Century Fox had uh, some kind of marketing rule where they don't do that, which has since changed because of the five heartbeats. Wow. Okay. But okay. Robert kept saying, listen, this is where my people are. My people are on the train station. My people are riding buses. This mm-hmm. is where they need to see it. They're not right. going to read about it in Esquire magazine. So a lot of things went wrong with the marketing of the film. And, mm. um, and, and that's basically what happened. We were all shocked. We were shocked. <laughs> so, so you guys are thinking, oh, my gosh. Because I've been in that, um, in that boat before. Because I did a movie, uh, Why the Fools Fall in Love. And mm-hmm. it tested huge and they rushed the movie and put it out before the release that was scheduled mm-hmm. and they put us out there like oh my god you guys are going to go up against this film that no one's going to care about it called rush out <laughs> rush, right okay see okay 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 so listen rush out okay and studio 54 okay they put us out against studio 54 and rush hour but mm-hmm. because we had scored that high uh ratings quote, they were, they rushed it. And it's like, sometimes you got to tell them, no, slow down. Cause classic films to me, they come in a place like November around the holidays, nostalgic, that type of thing. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm just blown away to find out because when I'm telling you brothers love the temptation, I did a movie with Darren Henson and Darren Henson. Oh, I mean, five heartbeats, five, five heartbeats. Baby, he knew every word. Oh, that, I, I work with Darren. As soon as I yes. saw Darren, that means he was on me about the five heartbeats. But I can tell you another story. Like, okay. So I can tell you about Tupac, all right? Mm-hmm. So we, we're doing Above the Rim. and wow. And we have a um, script reading, right? And Tupac's come in just like his character. Loud, bodacious. I think mm. he had a blunt in his hand. <laughs> and, and, and you know That's he's going pop. around that was he's going, he, he loud everybody he comes up to me right mm-hmm. comes up to me stops bows his head yeah. okay with a praying stance and says you're not going to have a problem with me brother because you in the five heartbeats see there and, and let me tell you something when we did our scenes he was on time straight up and he was on it he was ready he was ready <laughs> because I'm going to tell you the acting with the with the five heartbeats, all of y'all like what's his name? The one iconic scenes, nights like this. I wish it's Mike, just Mike, yeah, Eddie Kane Jr. Eddie Michael Kane. Wright, Michael right. Wright. 
Killed it. Yes. Killed it. Okay. All right. So I just want to let you know how much I respected all of your, and to me, how old were you when you did that? Was that one of your first roles? No, no, no. I had done, um, I had done several studio films before that. Um, what happened with the, how I got that movie was uh, Robert saw me um, at the MTV Awards with Madonna. I was Madonna's dad. Oh, yes. Oh, you know we got to talk about Madonna. Right, okay. right, right. Okay. So he saw, he saw me, he saw me that, and you know, and all the fuss about the video and everything else. Because what happened is, well, before I, okay, what happened is, you know, he wrote the film with Keenan Ivory Wayans mm. for them to play brothers. Okay. And it took so long to get the deal going for it to go in production, Keenan got in living color. So he, had, yeah. he couldn't do it. He, he had got, to do it. He so, got. He had, so he got to look for his brother, which was me. But I said, Vivica, I got to tell you something, all your listeners, watch, there's a movie out called The Making of the Five Heartbeats. It's a documentary about the movie. Okay. And it's fantastic. It's Robert's story from the time he was on the set as an extra of Mahogany with <gasps> Billy Dee Williams and, and um, Diana Ross from when he first had the idea, all the problems at the studio. It's a great film. You should see it. It's oh streaming right now on UMC. It, okay. So that is, because see, I've worked with Robert, we did, uh, I forget what the film is at the, it's on the tip of my tongue and I'll find it out. But Robert, what I love about him is that he had no problems making sure that our stories were truly told by us and for us. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? And, and, and that takes a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. For, so most of the times it's like, you want to get the check, you want to get the project done. But when they come with their version of who we are, and you know it's not right, it's hard to stand up or to have the courage to stand up to do that. You know what I mean? No, exactly. And, and the problem is you don't have anyone behind you yes. to back you up. So now mm. you just look like somebody, a problem person. And the next thing you know, you start getting here from your agents is that, uh, well, we don't really know. She's, they say she's kind of hard to work with. Difficult. This and that. Mm-hmm. Just because you just basically saying this is not right for me. This is not right for my people. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow. So now, Robert, was he heavily involved with making sure the five heartbeats? He was he was he was totally instrumental in making sure that that story was true. Yeah, well, the five heartbeats is not is is, is a fictional group. It's not a true story. Right. But uh, the temptations, wasn't it? Oh, the temptations is. Yes. Definitely. OK. Yes. So. OK. Okay, that's, I'm that's confused. A, those always, people always get them confused because they're like the two of the people's favorite movies, and they're like the five hobbies of the temptations. I always getting that thing. Which one you like better? <laughs> so wait a minute. How about you schooling me? I thought the five heartbeats were kind of like um, uh, what is it called? Like how they do um, the creative interpretation of the temptations. Like, yeah, like kind of based on. Based on loosely based yeah. on. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, actually, what? Um, yeah. It, um, I mean, they, we when when David Ruffin and and the Temptations broke up and stuff like that. That was Roberts. He was he was crestfallen as a young man because that was his favorite group. And he, so he wanted to do a group. He wanted to do a movie like that about a singing group about five men who stayed together because that was the whole thing that stayed together and supported one another. Five men, black men, all different types. And that's what he wanted to do with this movie. And, but The Temptations Breaking Up was um, the catalyst for that. But actually, the Dells were the only group that really stayed together. And they were the technical advisors for the movie. Gotcha. So you did 
five heartbeats, and then you went back and did the temptations. Yeah, I did the temptations. Yeah, you know, the temptations was an interesting situation because um, Otis Williams, the founding member of the temptations, mm-hmm. I met I met him um like a year or so after the five, five heartbeats came out, and he told me that he has a book that's coming out. And they want to make it into a movie and that he wanted me to play him. <gasps> and, and so I said, yeah, that'd be an honor, you know? And so what happened is the movie came about and they called me in for a meeting. Um, Suzanne DePass from Motown and yes. Walmart and everybody. And they yeah. were like, um, and they said, um, listen, we're, we're aware um, from Otis that he wants you to play him in this miniseries. And he says, before we start any negotiations, we just wanted to know from you um, what role you think you should play in this miniseries. Mm, and and what you said, say. And I said, well, um, I'm honored that he wants me to play him. And, um, but I think I'd probably best serve this movie if I played a role of David Ruffin. And all of them <gasps> jumped up saying, oh, my God, we're so happy you said that. We didn't know who we were going to get to play David Ruffin if you didn't play <laughs> David Ruffin. Oh, my God. He says, and he said, they said, and they called Otis and said, Otis says, I understand. I understand. So. <laughs> I love that. Now, see, you just cleared the air for not only myself, but, you know, for our fans out there. Because to be honest with you, I was thinking Temptations, Five Heartbeats, you know, s- sort of kind of same story. So I'm glad that you cleared the air for that. Why do you think, Leon, that here you go from star athlete, watching your sisters play, impersonating Elvis Presley to now doing all of these basically movie adaptations of singers. How did that happen? Um, you know, I just, it's really strange. You know, I, I, I guess, you know, I, I have the vibe of that. Mm. You know, when I was, when I was, um, when I was um, at Loyola, I, I, I wrote and performed the opening song for the Special Olympics. What? And, yeah, and so then, um, I, and so I guess I always had that. So what happened with me, it was a funny thing, how how I got into acting was like, I was on a basketball scholarship at Loyola Mammoth with the backpack. And um, this graduate film student chased me down campus and he begged me to be in his movie called The Photographer. And I said to him, well, that's cool, but I'm sure there's some people in the drama arts department would really like to be in your movie more <laughs> so than me. I mean, I'm a basketball player here, business administration major. He says, no. He says, I have an eye. I've been watching you. There's something about you, man. You're going to be in the movies one day, and I want to be the first one to do it. I just know. <gasps> and I was like, okay. So I did the movie. And you know what? I, you know, it was really strange. We've all had this experience. You ever sit down to someone that you just met, maybe had lunch with them or mm-hmm. something, but you feel like you've known them much longer than that time you just spent with them? Oh, absolutely. That's how I felt on the set. Wow. I was like, this didn't feel this didn't feel foreign to me at all. So how did you disappoint your coaches and everybody to say, y'all, I know y'all have given me these scholarships. I know y'all think basketball is in my future, but movies and becoming an actor is the path I'm choosing. Because that's got to be tough. Because, you know, the whole family's like, oh, my gosh, come on, NBA. Oh, my God, shoes contract, this, that, and the third. And you make an abrupt left. Yeah, but you know, it, it wasn't really like that with me for one thing, because I was never like, I wasn't like the other basketball players on the team. Like the coach said to me, he said, I never coached anyone like you before. Mm. Like you, you're the best player on the team. You're leading the team in all the stats, but you don't like, 
Like, I don't walk around in sweats and stuff when I'm not playing ball. I'm mm. dressing nice. <laughs> you know? I know, that's like, right. <laughs> right. Like I, I, like, I just, like, I'm not, and I'll be singing, like, Sam Cooke songs at the foul line. And he's just like, he says, you just like, you just not like regular guys. And I said, well, you know, I don't have illusions of being a pro basketball player. I mean, if that's what happens and I'm all, and that's the path that I go on, that's cool. But there are other things I'm interested in. I mean, other, I like the arts. Wow. You know, so, and he wasn't used to that because most guys that play basketball on the basketball team, they're single-minded, you know? And, 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 I think you, and I think you need to be in order to make it, to be honest with you. How did your family take that? It, you know, it was tough for my dad. Um, mm. You know, my dad was offered a contract with the Harlem Globetrotters. <gasps> and so basketball was a big thing to him. And, and you know, and getting an education, and I was supposed to go to USC. And USC had placed me in Orange Coast College. And so what happens, I never planned on giving up basketball. I was forced to because I got a part in a play, Sarah and the Sax by John Carlino. And it was playing, it was, we had a performance on the night of a game. Wow. And I was like, I asked the coach, can I miss this one game? And he said, you missed this game, you're off the team. Oh. And I'm like, I'm a star player. I'm like, damn, really? You're not going to even think about it? <laughs> just, just wait. That's a hell of a... So, so who did you talk to just to say, to make that choice? You're the star of the basketball team that you go, no, I'm going to do this play. I talked to my acting coach. Okay. <laughs> and that's, and, and my, you know, and my coach is when I was just like, I, you know, to be honest with you, I was really disappointed in the coach. Yeah, of course you should. Because, uh, like, if he had thought about this, it took his time, said, let me think about this, whatever. He, it's like right on the spot, he just said it to me. And I was just like, really? I mean, mm. a part of me didn't even want to play for a guy like that. Exactly. That he would crush that. How about this? You could have done both. Well, the funny thing is, <laughs> I got inducted into the school's um, Hall of Fame. Okay. And, you know, years later after making some movies. And um, and so, and he was there and he said, he, he came and he apologized to me. Mm. He said, he said, I was, he says, I'm sorry. I was just completely out of water with a character like you. I just, yeah. I would just, I never seen a ball player who was interested in other things like that. You know, and so, and I apologize to you. It was a mistake. I shouldn't have done that. And, um, and I said, I appreciate you telling me that. Leon, can I tell you what's so wonderful about what your interview today is going to be an eye opener to other athletes that maybe want to sing, dance or act that because in the African-American community, we put so much pressure on our boys if they're tall. If they're athletic, oh, you better go get that athletic contract. Oh, you can play basketball, volleyball or do something. You better go get that. That's going to be we going to be good. Do you, do you understand what I say when I do you understand what I mean when I say that? That it's not always sports that we're good at. Oh no. Do you know what I mean? We can also be actors, we can also be lawyers, presidents, we can be so many different things. So if your heart is into what your family wants for you, then go do you. You know what I'm saying? Well, at the end of the day, if you're ever going to succeed or be anything, and more importantly for me, because the thing I put high emphasis on is being unique, is that you got to do you. Yes. You have to do you. I mean, like, I know, listen, there's, there's better actors than me. There's better singers than me. There's better whatever than me. 
There's better actors than Vivica. There's better singers. There's better podcasts than Vivica's. But I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> they know better Vivica A. Fox than you. Okay. The one and only. If you meet another, she's a phony. Okay. Exactly. And that's the one thing I know that I can do better. I'm a better Leon than anybody. Yeah. Look, so Leon. You so know by I one can... name. You know by one name, brother. There's not too many people, okay, that are known by one name. You say Leon, and everybody knows who you are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So speaking yeah. of that, you worked with Madonna. Mm-hmm. How did that come about? Um, you know, I like I said, I'd done a few studio movies, and um, they were doing like this worldwide search, search for like models and you know, great looking guys, whatever. And my um, my agent called me and said that the, you know, Madonna, this no Mary Lambert, who was doing the video, uh, who was a feature film director. They were interested in meeting me, and I said, no, I'm not interested. I mean, why? I, I consider myself a serious actor. What would I be doing dancing around with Madonna? Because you have to realize at that particular point, that's all music videos were, right. were just people dancing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, that don't make sense to me. Like, well, what would I be doing that for? So. Time passed, and then it came back around again. They said they really want to meet you. Um, but, you know, she's a feature film director. Maybe something else will come out of this once you go do it. Right. So I met her, and um, and, that, and then a whole crew of women that were there and everything. And I said, um, well, let me hear the song. And I heard the song, and I was like, wow, this song will be number one. <laughs> mm. Did you know it was Madonna? Oh, no, I knew it was Madonna, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, definitely, yeah. So... Um, and I and I met Madonna before, but she didn't remember because um, I was really good friends with the Pens, Sean Penn, Chris Penn. I used to like right. be in that all the time. So, um, so what happened is um, I said, "Well, let me get this right. You want me to act, right?" He says, "Yeah, we want you to play a couple characters. We want you to play this person that's wrongly accused, and then we want you to play the saint that comes to life." And you know, and I said, "And you want you want me to kiss Madonna in front of kiss my feet?" And he go, they go, "Yeah." I said, "I can do that." I know that's right. <laughs> and when so, it came out and it was huge, how did mm-hmm. you feel? What was the response? Well, I was qu- I was quite shocked because to be honest with you, I thought that, you know, because it was aligned with the Pepsi campaign that was coming out and she was getting all this money for that they wound up yanking and everything. But what happened is I thought it would be like the, you know, the front cover of the calendar section or something. Mm. I didn't know it was going to be lead off story at five. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I was like, because you know, look, I would tell you when I first started coming out, it was like Madonna didn't had a black Jesus. Wait a second, I'm doing press, right? Okay, from from countries I never heard of before. Like I, they got a translator on there, oh. and I'm like, and what happened is what happened, Vivica was really crazy because it's just coincidence that within a ten day period, this video came out, and Oprah's first miniseries, Women of Brewster Place, came out. Wow. And I was Robin Givens' boyfriend. Mm. So now, you know, and this is this is Robin Givens, Mike Tyson, Robin Givens. Right. All right. So these, so Madonna and Robin Givens were the most two talked about vixens in the world at this time. Okay. Mm. So and there who was, was their leading man, Leon. They were they, they were headlines saying, "Who who's this Leon? Who's Leon the Lady Tamer?" <laughs> and I was just like, it was just it was just coincidence. It was it was crazy. So it was okay. Like, it was like, yeah. Now, how did your, was the phone ringing off the hook with offers, da 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 I mean, what would, because I know what that's like when it's like, you're like, you're like, you know, the name that everybody's talking about. And you're kind of like, okay, 
Now I got to choose what I'm going. What's going to be my next move? You know, um, I, you know, it's a strange thing. I, like I just think that you know, some people have a lot of great luck, and some people don't. And I think that when I popped, it, it, there wasn't a lot of things to do. And the things that were out there, I thought I did. And they said that, because I, I did this movie, Cliffhanger, with Sylvester Stallone. Okay. To make tons of money. And then on the same year, I did Cool Runnings. Right. Uh, yeah. And I was, Wait, I, I let's was talk a, about Cool Runnings. That was the Jamaican sled, uh, bobsled uh, film. Exactly, exactly. Right, which exactly. everybody at the time was like, okay, so wait a minute. Now the black people trying to bobsled. You know <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, I remember, so, you know, I remember. Oh, good day. Yeah. So yeah. it was crazy. So, I mean, I was, they said I was the top African-American in the box office that year. Oh. But, but then, you know, uh, like I did Above the Rim, but there wasn't really those roles mm. that, that were there for me. Um, and, that you know, should have been. And, if, and yeah, and if there was one, you know who played it. Mm. <laughs> That's true. I did, I did, now, let's, I did go, a, let's just go clear the air with that. That y'all have to realize like 20 years ago for African-Americans that, you know, it, it was a different time. Now y'all get to see all of us in films together, grossing hundreds of millions of dollars. But 20 years ago, it was one at a time, wasn't it, Leon? Please. I mean, the reason, the reason I found out the reason why I got above the rim is when I read the um, story in the L.A. calendar section, mm-hmm. I realized that, that, um, that um, Denzel was um, either turned it down or wasn't available because they said right there they had offered it to him. <laughs> yeah, one at a time. Yeah, one I mean, at a time. And, and, and that, you know, me and, Den- me and Denzel are like, we're boys, boys. I mean, no we're, doubt. We're, we're both from Mount Vernon. So like, I, I, you know, I'm always happy with this. So. Right. Because Leon, you know, if you Googled you, you've starred in five of the top African-American movies. You know what I'm saying? Do, do you know what those are? Um. Yeah, I think I do. <laughs> okay, name them. Let them know. Bring out the receipts. Well, well, we talked about one, Five Hot Beats, of course. Right. Right. And then Cool Runnings. Yes. And um, Above the Rim. Above the Rim. Oh, yes. oh, Waiting waiting to Exhale. Yes! <laughs> waiting to Exhale, of course. Yes. That was, um, yeah, that's when I was definitely certified with y'all. Yeah. Let me tell you, Leon, you, it should be, your name should be Ladies Man, Ladies Man Leon. Forget L Cool J. I love L Cool J, but don't get me wrong, but you say Leon and all the ladies know who Leon is. I'm just letting you know, okay? So listen. I I have to tell you, I'm flattered because you are one of the people that do really do know the ladies and what they're thinking. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Listen, you know, besides movies, you know, you and I both had to, not had to, but do theater. And we've done plays and this and the third. And you can just walk out and a whole audience is, Lord Jesus. Oh, you get that Marvin Gaye. Oh, you know what I'm saying? That's the reaction you get, my brother. So I'm letting you know that, okay? So now let's talk about when you and I finally worked together. And that was in Cover. And right. Cover was a film where, you know, it was basically about African-American men on the down low. Mm-hmm. And this was directed by Bill Duke, amazing actor, director. And I heard it first that you turned the movie down. Yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I wasn't interested in doing that. And with my reputation, why would I want to do something like that? But tell them why. What was the role? Um, oh, I played I played an R&B singer who was on the down low. Right. Who, um, people didn't know. And so what happened is that 
when I first, and I knew Bill, and I first, you know, said that, you know, I don't think I should do this, you know, and I don't think mm. it's a good idea. My agent's like, the good idea is like, and he said, well, can I talk to you about it? So I came and I talked to him about it, and he showed me this chart of how African-American women would be infected with HIV unknowingly. Yeah. yeah. And that changed my whole mind. Me too. You know, I was just like, you know what? Wow. If this is going to help with this, then, and he, and he said to me, he says, listen, Leon, the reason why I want you to play this role is because I need someone like you that no one would ever figure it out. Yep. And I don't know. I, I don't think, I don't, were you at the screening in Atlanta? I think I missed one of them. I did. I think okay, I did the so, one. Right. So, so tell me the about screen, it. The screening in Atlanta, it was a trip. <laughs> the, the shower scene comes on, mm. right? A woman jumps up, stands in the audience <laughs> and, and says, oh no, not <laughs> Leon. <laughs> and, and Bill Duke she hits me with his elbow and says, see, I told you. I yeah. told you. Yeah. But this is what the movie cover was all about. Uh, we had a wonderful cast from directed by Bill Duke, Anjanou Ellis, who recently just killed it in the Clark Sisters. As, yeah, uh, Anjanou's great. I've worked with her before. Wait a minute. How about I was so mesmerized that I forgot about cover? I did. Everybody's like, y'all did cover together. I was like, oh my God, Anjanou, because she's grown so much as an actress. Yeah, and she's that's what you, yeah. He's amazing. And that's what you love about Bill Duke. Bill Duke handpicked that cast and we mm-hmm. delivered. But when they told me that Leon was going to be the undercover or be the, what would you call it? Uh, the DL uh, yeah. a singer. I said, no way. So wait a minute. I knew like you used to be like, no, we're going to shoot this in a certain style. Now we're going to write, still maintain my image. Mm-hmm. But what I love about Bill is that he protected your image as a sex symbol. You know what I mean? He didn't have you do anything that like hurt you. Because I'm gonna the first time that you were introduced in the movie and you came down them steps singing, we mm-hmm. were like, oh shit. Oh <laughs> <laughs> you would have never suspected. And that's why you got the reaction from the lady in the audience, not Leon, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, but I mean, as an actor, as actor and actresses, that's what we do. We we take risk and we do roles that people would never see us in. And I just want to let you know that you did a great job. You did a great job. You really no, did. No, 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 definitely. So well, for me, it's about the story. And it was more about the story than mm-hmm. not, not being, I thought I'd be very believable in the role because of, you know, R&B singer, you know, who's like, you know, women love and you know, it's like that, but just the actions on the deal. I could see playing that. It was just, it was the story. And I was like, why would I do that? Like, what would, why would I do this? But then I realized that, you know, sometimes we get to tell stories that could be important. Yes. And, and that, it, and that story was important to women, which you've always been pro women in your career and your personal life. Right. Yep. I was raised by women. So mm-hmm. I was only male, only male in my generation. Um, so, you know, I, 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 I liked women before I wanted to have sex with them. And oh, well, that's a good sign. <laughs> well, they were my friends. You know, it's, it's so funny, you know, like the whole sex symbol thing is like that. I, I would get in on so many interviews and stuff and I would like people like, because why? Because I really, I don't think I've played the roles that, that, that would, that would warrant that as much as I, as I should have, because they just hasn't had it. I mean, I want to do a really? gut-wrenching, I want to do a gut-wrenching love story like Mahogany. I want to do that mm. kind of stuff. You know, I want to show us loving and crying and hurting the way we do in real life. That's what wow. I want to do. You know, 
And so growing up, you know, I like women were my best friends and my family owned a beauty salon. So, okay. you know, yeah, my aunt used to do Denzel's mom hand shit forever. <laughs> wow. And you know, my aunt, Madam King, Chicago, was the reason that I got into show business. She was the first person to cut my hair and put me on a runway. So we got that in common, too. Now, look, speaking about being heartthrob, you know, we got to talk, talk about how the ladies be falling out over your ass, okay? Because the internet says that you got a new boo named Kirby Jackson. But you say, uh-uh, not so fast. What's up with that? Oh, wow. So, so this is really funny, man, because this has never, ever come up in any interview before. But it has come up. People have alerted me. I don't know a Kirby. I don't know a Kirby. And there's also someone else. There's another woman at one other time said she was married to me. But I don't know, which I find real strange because you figure sometimes like they would say you were married to someone you actually went out with or knew. But these are people who have claimed that they've married me. And I one, I've never been married. Two, okay. I don't even know them. So you got some stalkers. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I told my publicist, I said, well, you got you got to get on this man with people because I don't want people saying I'm getting married to somebody that I'm not. Right. Really? Because I mean, when I, you know, I, you know, we get briefed on, you know, by our producers. I was like, hmm, never heard of these people at all or him getting married because, you know, I try to keep up on, you know, my people and what's going on. So I was like, wow. So women are claiming to be married to you that you've never met. Yeah. And the thing is, if you do a, a proper search of it, it will even say, but it's never, there's never no photos of these two together or anything about them being married or even knowing each other. It says that if you start digging, wow. you know, but, but at first it just, cause I've had, I've had women flirt with me, you know, my DM and everything. And they come <laughs> back and like this, Oh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea you were married. I'm like, <gasps> um, well, I'm happy you stopped flirting, but I, but I'm not married. <laughs> wow. But you do, you were engaged at one point, correct? Yes, I was. To the yes. mother of my child. Yes, Cynthia. Yes. Who is just, and y'all, y'all, y'all daughter is just stunning. She, no, she really you. is. I mean, thank so listen, I know you as a serious actor and, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Like the whole like reality show stuff that like came into like, you know, as it took over when I think there was a writer strike, writer strike, mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. here comes reality shows. And trust me, I've been asked to be on the Housewives because you know I got this epic, you know, thing with Kenya Moore, and I just like I. Oh yeah, we do. You crazy? They would die over you. <laughs> I, but I can't. I just can't do it. And she recently tried to pull me in with the whole. I would love to have Vivica on the show, and I'm like, absolutely not. Um, there's no there's no reason for you to do it. Exactly. I mean, like, why? Yeah, right. there's, no, there's, no, there's not a reason for you to do it. And the thing with me, for example, like that was a that was a decision that came across that Cynthia asked me when they asked her because, of course, her she's not married, but she has a baby with me, so that makes her attractive to them. Okay, let's talk about your daughter. Tell us, tell us about your daughter. She's my daughter, beautiful. Yes, with Noel. Cynthia. Yeah. Noel, that's yeah. my sweetheart. Yeah, she's um, she's growing she's growing up nicely. I'm letting her. You know, I'm, you know, supporting her, doing whatever she wants to do, because I think at this age, this is what you should do. You need to find yourself. How old is she? How old is she's she? 20. She's 20 now. Yeah. So she's living in L.A. She's um, studying acting. She's an Instagram influencer. She's making money, like crazy, wearing, wearing people's stuff. She's mm -hmm. modeling and 
And I'm just like, I said, listen, I just want you to feel your way into what you want to do. But when you decide that this is what you want to do, you got to put in the work. Okay. So are you okay with talking about her sexuality? And you can say yes or no. Oh, oh yes. Well, well, we'll put it this way. I, I don't really know any father who wants to talk about his daughter's sexuality. Okay. But I can let you. But I can let you know that I'm 100 percent fine with whoever she loves. I, yay! Because that's how I feel about love. I do. Oh, I yeah, have no, no right to tell you who to love. It is not my choice. But what I do have a choice is is how our relationship is. Do you know what I mean? And how that's you represent thing. us as a family. Yes. Because regardless if you're straight or gay, I just want you to be the best person that you can be. Listen, that's that's what it's all about. And it's yeah. all that you ever be. And for me, you know, I was very blessed because growing up in New York, you know, at 15, I was in like nightclubs, like four in the morning. Okay, and, me too. Right, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> well, not so, 15, I was like 19 for me. Okay, she so was now, in New York. I had to get to New York. All right, so, so, all right, so, so if we're going to keep it real, the hottest clubs were, were the gay clubs. Were the oh gay my clubs. God, okay. What are gay clubs? Yeah. So I was, you know, I was in them all the time. Yeah. Because it was like, you know, I mean, that's where, the, that's where the, that's where the hottest DJs were at. Yep. That's where, you know, race yep. goes makers get on stage. Or, yep. You know, it's like, yeah, yes. that was what was yes. happening. Okay. And so, so it's like, especially our generation, it was like, I think that's when you kind of got introduced to like, okay, I'm a grown up now. Okay. This is hot. This is hot. And it was the gay clubs that were popping. Yeah. And, and it wasn't about, so, so for me, I had gay, straight friends, whatever. And there was a phase, like, with, with the girls, which was, like, around my daughter's age, we were a little younger. Yeah. Where, like, all the girls were exploring with girls. Yep. Exactly. You know, like, it was just, like, it was, like, a thing. You know? Yeah. So I was, yeah. Can I tell you, when I heard about your daughter that she came out on the show, first of all, I mm-hmm. looked at her, and I said, wow, she's beautiful. And then I said, how old is she? And they were like, oh, she's, I think she's in her 20s. I said, she's exploring. She got everybody coming to her right now. She's exploring. Mm-hmm. I I didn't look at it as like, she should be gay. So I think that that's cool that you're like, you know what, baby? Do you. But when you really are ready to settle down, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know, long, long, look, it takes a while for people to find themselves. We, I, we both know people that 40 some odd years old, they found themselves. Okay. <laughs> now let's talk about that. But <laughs> so, you know what? I, I, your daughter's beautiful. And I'm happy to hear that you're embracing that what, what she's going through as just part of life, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, but it is. It's just, you know, look, I, for me personally, if we want to talk about just sexuality, uh, just period, I never really understood why anybody would have, like, be just discriminate or be weird about someone's sexuality because well, why would know. I care? Why would I care who's? I don't know what kind of language I can use on this podcast. Well, we free with it. We free with it. Are we free? Okay, mm. good, good. Look, I don't care about who anybody is fucking unless they fucking me. I know that's right. <laughs> okay, so, and I don't understand why anybody else ever feels that way. Like, right. Like, 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 why I, you but I, but I also think it's the African-American community. We can be a little homophobic when it's, but these children nowadays, like you said, these children nowadays, they fluid. They let you know one day I might like a boy and next day I might like a girl and it's my business. And you know what though? And, and I, and I think it's absolutely great as time goes on and hopefully we re- evolve as a people and as a country and as, 
beings that they're allowed to do that. Yes. Freely. Love who you love. Love who you love. Now, love who you love. I, I'm glad that, that you know, you, you, you was pretty good with her, but you had just a touch bit of a struggle when you found out that Cynthia just going to get married. That she was going to get married when, yes. with, to Peter? Yes. Did you have a little bit of struggle with that? No. You didn't? Okay. Not at all. No, not at all. Why would I? Why would I? Look, my whole thing, my whole thing with Cynthia. Well, you know, Cynthia's sometimes the show make it look like you got a struggle. We know listen, how they well, edit things. I, listen, I, the, that, that show does what that show does. And mm-hmm. I, only, I only appear on that show for one reason and one reason only. And what's that? Because I don't want anybody to think that I'm not raising my daughter. Yeah, I, ha- I only have one. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not going to sit there and watch Cynthia be with a husband or somebody else. And you never see Noelle's daddy. Hell no. Yes. No, I only got one and I'm proud of it. So, so you, you guys are doing good with co-parenting. Oh yeah, of course. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Cynthia is like my sister. And I know that mm. sounds strange because we have a child together, but that's what we are. We like family. Yeah. You know, and we all, and the funny thing is, <laughs> When we were going out, right? Yeah. <laughs> People used to think we were brother and sister. Because y'all both just gorgeous. I mean, no, y'all no, just... no, I mean, literally, I mean, literally, I would go to bed. She'd be like, oh, your brother, just, your brother went to the bathroom, I think. She's not, that's not my brother. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know if I would make that kind of connection. connection. I just think y'all just too fine, just gorgeous. I mean, I, I okay. Well, I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I do. You know what I'm saying? I do. I, I've never, I've never looked at y'all as brothers and sisters. Let me just keep that real, okay? So, I don't, you know, I don't know where they. Were but doing. anyway, but our relationship, when I say brother and sister, I mean it that way because like we have decided to be family. Yes. Long time ago, because we are connected, and yes. we're never not going to be connected. And when I tell, when people talk to me about Cynthia, I say it's very simple. Mm. I'm, go- I'm going out with my share of women, but I can tell you one thing. Ain't no one ever given me nothing like Cynthia's given me. So, so she gonna hold a place in my heart forever. Always. I love it. I love so it. So that's it. We, we fail. And when we fail, like when I say Noel graduated, it's me, my my sister, my mom, her mom, her sister. We all we uh, get family gathers, we're all together. I'm glad to hear that because you know sometimes that can be ugly. With the with, with when Peter was there, it was the same thing. And it's gonna say the thing with Mike. No, it's not ugly because I don't understand what's there to be ugly about. You're mm. the truth. Yes. <laughs> Supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The problem with me and Cynthia is, this This is the problem. The only problem with me and Cynthia is the public and social media. That's yeah. the only problem. Because if you post a picture of me and Cynthia, they go crazy. Really? Oh, they like, oh, oh, please get back together. Oh, my God, y'all got to be together. This is that. Or, or even worse. If you post a picture with me, her, and her man, oh, oh, that's man. a good one. Oh man, now, yo, I don't. They, they be slaughtering them, and I'm like, don't do that. <gasps> oh no, they slaughter him saying what? What do you think? I mean, okay, it's okay, like, all right. Yes, you're a movie star. I get it. I'm not even that, no, that, right, it has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do with any guy she ever goes out with. Yeah, it's like it's like, but I, and I and I, to me, I think that's so disrespectful of Cynthia. Yeah. They try, they try, but we okay. We gonna move on because we didn't look. We didn't did our little reality thing. Let's go back to you, and I feel a chapter that a lot of people don't know about. I mean, like I said, you went from basketball star playing all of these like you know sex symbols in the movies and singers and this and the third third that you've now 
you are a singer. You've got you've got a band called Leon and the Peoples, right? Yes. Okay, tell us how that fell in your lap. When I, um, you know, being a lover of music, um, when I became popular as an actor, people started asking me to um, host music festivals. So that, which is a really cool thing to do because I love music. Mm. I would go to music festival anyway, and I got to travel. I'm now hosting music festivals in Japan, all over the place, and so. And I'd be backstage with some of the artists, and, you know, we'd be singing and, and acapella and everything. They're like, man, you, you should sing, man. I mean, you don't have to, obviously, but, you know, you can. You sound like you want to. And I said, yeah, you know, I mean, I love being on stage. You know what I'm saying? And they said, you sound like you want to. <laughs> yeah, because, you know. What were you, you doing? Know, because I'd be the one starting to sing acapella. Because, <laughs> you know, they back there getting paid to sing. About to go on stage and stuff, or, or just came on stage. They're like, they ain't thinking about singing. But then here comes this actor, they like, and he's singing. They're like, well, fuck, I sing with him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that, did, so that went from you hosting to now you being on the Billboard charts and having a tour, right? Yeah. Well, we've, we've done a 38-city tour um, wow. um, a while ago. And then we were planning on touring um, now with the COVID hit because we have a, um, we never toured with our latest album, which is called Love is a Beautiful Thing. Okay. And um, the love is a beautiful thing. The album is about all aspects of love, you know, okay. not just the not just the love where you slobber on a pillow with somebody for ten years and go through <laughs> deaths and families and this because you ain't having sex with them or you don't even know where they are in the world. Not that, that kind of love. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the kind of love you have for your brother, your sister. You know, you sometimes you know you know those people, family members, friends you love. You can't stand them sometimes. Okay. But you still love them. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And you can't because so, you can't pick your family. Can't pick your family. Yeah. And, and sometimes your friends become your family. That's right. So how are you now? Because like you said, you guys were about to do a tour. And of course, Corona, Corona, done put everything like, you know, I had full films, shows, appearances, and it went, I mean, like, so how are you now dealing with COVID and that you were about to go on tour? Um, well, how I'm dealing with now, I, I got to be honest with you, the first month and a half, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't do shit. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, I, 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 a part of me was like, I was in shock. Uh-huh. I was like in Twilight Zone. I mean, I was away from the sea. I spent all down the Hamptons for the last, I spent 119 days in Sag Harbor. Okay? Wow. Yeah. So I was away from it. I didn't see anything but deer. And I'm mm. saying, and, and I'm like, uh, but I was like, part of me couldn't believe that this was really happening in my lifetime. Like, mm. it was just weird. And I mean, it's, I had, Three jobs, and in three hours, they were gone. Gone. <laughs> gone. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm like, okay, um, all right. I guess this is it. And then it just kept getting old. Because first it was like, okay, two weeks, and then whatever. Three weeks, right. and whatever. Mm-hmm. A month. And I was like, wait a second. Three months? Did we still in this? So after like the first month and a half, I started to figure out, you know, I had this, I um got my recording stuff in this in the house and yep. started doing um did you know tons of um press which is we all have to do now because they know Zoom. we home yep. they know we home so why can't you FaceTime or Zoom <laughs> <laughs> you ain't gonna get corona looking raggedy Zoom okay right so then right. we did so, so I did that and then you know I did voiceovers and um recorded a couple of things working on some music and you know uh, supervising some things for my production company um that we um that we have in development. We have yes. three projects in development, so I've been doing that. And, um, and my production company put out a PSA 
That yes, let's see. talk about that. Let's talk about your PSA. That was going to be my next question. You put out a PSA called We Will Thrive. Tell us all about that. Well, you know, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to make a statement and people asked me, you know, you know, what do you have to say about this? Are you going to you gonna say anything? You're gonna, you know, and I said, yeah, but I said, if you know me, you already know two things about me. One, I'm going to be positive. I mean, that's just how I am. I don't, I, I can't, I can't go through life being negative. So I'm going to find something positive to say until I find it, I'm not going to say shit. Right. And then, you know, I want to, I want to want to do what other people are doing. I want to do something unique. You know, I want to, I want to, you know, talk about something that, you know, let's talk about what we, what we have accomplished. Yes. Throughout all this, yes. you know, and, 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 and the thing is, I'm really happy that you saw because you're the exact kind of person that I want to see this mm-hmm. and, and post it by because you wanted them people that thrive despite all this shit. Yes. Despite all this shit. Despite all that shit, you on hit TV shows and movies and this and that, despite all that, <gasps> despite the oppression, despite all of it. I've been, look, I've been stopped by the police at least seven times. I've been asked to lay down on the floor with my face in the grass. Wow. And I've had them follow me to my house in Beverly Hills, okay? And in I, Los and Angeles. I pull in, and, I, and, right, and I pull into my carport, and they're like, why are you pulling in here? I said, because I live here. Oh, really? Mm. We're going we to wait and watch you go in. What? Yeah. So, I, I, you know, trust me. But, but now, but now, I don't feel about the cops like you see a lot of other people do. Why? Because a lot of people that I grew up with are cops. And my mm. dad was a cop. For a large part of my childhood, so my mom made him quit. So I know cops are good. Good. Okay. Yeah. But the problem with the police is they don't police themselves. Yes, exactly. Because and that's I, the problem. I, I be, I be, you're right. Because I believe this right is right and wrong is wrong. It's it's like it's like us are having a family member. If that family member falls out of place and is doing something wrong, it's for us as a family to say, You're wrong, my man. You're wrong, or you're wrong, my man, or my woman. But exactly. I think that that's what, why things have gotten so crazy because then they put him in front of a jury of their own. They go, oh, we'll just look the other way. No, he needs to be punished to, for the other ones not to do it. The arrogance of that motherfucker to have his fucking knee on his neck for damn near nine minutes and feel like he could do it while someone was videotaping it is the craziest shit I've ever seen in my life, man. It, it, it's, it's, but you know what's so crazy, Vivica? That's not even, that's not even that bad compared to the shit that's been done. Up. This one just happened to be televised. That's the only difference. There's been stuff done to us, man. That's just ridiculous. Mm. So I mean, straight out beatings and to death. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just glad they see it. I know because the camera don't lie and I'm glad they saw it too. And and the reaction that finally the world was like, wow, that's what's been going on. And we're like, yes, y'all, that's what's been going on. But you know what? Back to what I was talking about throughout all of it. Look at us. Look at us. We will thrive. You know that that PSA I put out, we will thrive. It was longer. I just had to make it shorter for social media. I, you know, I had the first black female, and male astronaut that went to the moon. I had all yes. of them in there. I had all of them in there. Third Good Marshall, I had all of them in there. Mm. Because I want people to realize that, hey, we resilient. Yes. 
And we and, and even if and, and we're not we may we may stop some of this shit now. We gotta stop all of it, but we still gonna get out. We still gonna set the culture. We still gonna make what's cool, and we still gonna get money killing it despite you. No doubt, no doubt. I'm just glad that finally everyone else got you know because this is the thing that like I want people to know that when we talk about police reform. That it's not that. It's just, I just want them to be trained that yep. a simple stop for a traffic light or or simple traffic stop doesn't end with someone's son, father, brother dying. It's the overaggression. Yeah. It's the overaggression. Tell me something. How many times have you seen this? It, even on the TV show, right? A cops will approach um, someone, right? The person mm-hmm. doesn't even resist. And they throw their head against the uh, hood of the car. Yep. Like, what is with all that? I, I know. If I don't resist, put my hands behind my back. Yep. Treat me like a citizen. I, you know, and, and put me in a car and take me where I need to go. Yeah. That's what I think needs to be addressed more than anything else. But I have to say this, too. Okay. And I don't know if it comes off controversial, but it shouldn't to me. We need to educate our young men. Yes, agree. And women. Yeah, agree. Okay, yep. On how on how to be when you're pulled over by the police. Agree. Because I gotta say something. Far too many times I see things escalated by us. Yes. Okay. A cop too much. You, a, cop, a cop pulls you over. Yeah, you might be mad he pulls you over. We may be pissed off he pulls you over. Mm-hmm. But he can do that. So just present your license and registration. Yes. All right. That is the ask them, ask them why you was pulled over. Yep. And if so, give them the reason, just like you would, like you did in school. No different. Mm-hmm. And just don't do it. Don't give him a reason. Because if you get the wrong cop, all he's doing is looking for a reason to bust your ass. So I know a lot of cops just like you do. And I learned when I had an incident that the thing is that the main, when they pull you over, there's only things that they can do. They can cite you for the ticket, tell you why they pulled you over. You have your license and your registration. They can give you a ticket for that. And then you proceed upon your way. But once you get agitated, that gives them a reason to pull you out the car, which then escalates things. So just know that just like Leon said, y'all just do the right thing. Follow the rules. Put your hands up. You already know the state of the world that we're living in today and follow the rules. I do love more than anything else is that I see a lot of people videotaping, even searing them. They like, look, you can record yourself like I'm being pulled over. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But just do the right thing. Don't escalate the situation because exactly you, don't, you don't need more lives lost. All right. So listen, I don't want to take up more of your time because you've been so gracious. I'm going to ask you a couple of things just to close this out. Um, what current projects are you working on after Corona Corona? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I'm currently on this um, Showtime show, City on the Hill. And um, I'm actually doing a sold out play of the movie you were in, Set It Off. You're working with Jacarius. Uh, you know what? Listen, I'm not mad at y'all. It's a, it's a classic, but it's just, I... Couldn't do it. I was like, you guys go ahead, my blessings. But people are loving set it off the play. What? Yes, loving it. Who are you playing? Who are you playing? I, well, I can only play Keith. one role. Keith. Keith. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Of course, yes. Okay. 
So, so once Corona Corona is over, you're going back to set it off the play. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going back to like that. And then, um, oh. yeah. And then I have this project that um, called the Pope of Avenue B that my production company is doing about a street therapist. Mm. Um, and so I'm hoping we were gonna, hoping to get some pre-production this summer, but now that's been put off. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, Leon, what drives you? What drives me? Yes. What makes you do what you do? Well, I guess being alive and happy. Yes. That's the most important thing. I think that, you know, I think being happy takes work and people don't realize that. Like right now we live in an unhappy world in an unhappy country. So if I don't work to be happy, I'm not going to be happy. What did your father teach you about hustling? Well, my dad always told me, don't worry about bad days. Don't worry about bad days. Don't worry about bad games. You know, he said the cream will always rise to the top. Absolutely. And um, he said, if you're the cream of the crop, um, you're going to rise. So just keep doing what you're doing. Advice you have for aspiring actors or those who want to be in the entertainment business or singers? Well, I kind of gave it to you earlier, and I'll just repeat it now and emphasize it, is that be the best you you can possibly be because that's what you can offer to the world and no one else can. Agree. You know, Vivica, I know yes. we all know we all know that that that, that girl or, or or guy who used to wear dress really weird and everything in school mm-hmm. when people used to make fun of them. Yes. Yeah. Now now we um we buying clothes at his shop all yes. around the world. Or his albums. Or watching his television shows or going to see his movies. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to be you. Yes. You may have people make fun of you and discourage you, but trust me, that's your only way to the top is you. Absolutely. Well, Leon, that leads us to today's hustle hack. Today's hustle hack is hashtag be uniquely you. It's the model that Leon lives by. It's so true, darlings, because there is no better you than yourself. So aim to be the best you. Don't ever sleep on you. Do you, darlings. Leon, oh my gosh, I think I got to know you even better and appreciate you even more, my brother, as an artist, as a musician, as a thespian, as a philanthropist, as a father, as a man. Thank you for doing Hustling with Vivica A. Fox. I mean, I I got to know you better than whatever I thought I knew you, really. And I don't see you all the time. So thank you for gracing us today with your presence, my brothers. Tell us, tell tell my folks where they can find you on social media. Well, one, I want to thank you for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you. And um, I look forward to seeing you when I do see you. And you can always, you know, reach me on Instagram, which is um, at w w-w-j-u-s-t-l-e-o-n on twitter it is at just leon j-u-s-t-l-e-o-n and you do have your official blue checks brother come on now baby okay you wouldn't be talking to me today if i didn't have a blue check <laughs> oh that's right well y'all <laughs> okay he is verified so your girl is verified too so on twitter find me at miss vivica fox and on instagram Find me at Miss V Fox. And you can follow our podcast at Vivica Hustlin'. Subscribe, download, and listen to Hustlin' with Vivica A. Fox. Until next time, darlings. Bye for now.
The Hustling with Vivica A. Fox podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during the podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professional.